You are listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Yeah, we got some other people streaming in. Uh, It's two after by my clock. We'll give it a little bit more. But for all of you that are already logged in and online, thank you for joining. This is what I'm calling Leaders Helping Leaders. I've seen a lot of um, action in the in the in the world out there. Uh, obviously, we get headline news, and I hope you're like me. I've stopped watching TV. <laughs> um, I, I get my news in other sources that I feel more trusted. But uh, um, the the big bottom line and the so what and and what was my inspiration for starting this thing today was just the idea that we we just have to come together and talk about it periodically. We, we chase the day trying to solve problems and uh, uh, figure out our next steps. But every once in a while, you got to take a pause and you just need to kind of recenter and um, collect your thoughts. And uh, it's a great way to do it among friends, like-minded people that are uh, dealing with the same kind of struggle. So it's, um, it's a great opportunity um, to, to do that. I, I've been doing that with a, a small group. Some of you may or may not know, I, I'm a member of something called the Silver Fox Advisors. We're an association of business leaders in the Houston area that are helping small businesses. And as part of that, we run these CEO roundtables. And I've got a group of uh, 10 business owners that uh, Joseph and I meet with on a regular basis. But as this crisis has unfolded, they've asked that we start meeting weekly because they said, wow, we we just got to talk. We we, we just have to be together and we we just have to know that we're not alone. And um, so we've been doing that as a group. And I thought to myself, well, hey, I've got a pretty big network out there and I'm sure other people are dealing with the same kind of thing. So I thought it'd be a good idea to, to come together here and, and do something very similar to that. So um, I've got a panel that I've invited to be our kind of premier resources as we go through these discussions and uh, I'll introduce them in just a minute. I'm looking at the attendee count here as it clicks up. Uh, give it a few more minutes as, as those guys are coming on. You know, <laughs> I, I, I still, um, I told my wife, I've actually been busier since this thing started than I was before. It, it's uh, it's kind of crazy, the nature of what I do with business coaching, executive coaching, and um, business advising. Uh, there's been a whole lot more demand for um, that kind of help and uh it's um, it's been wild, but um, now I think I've just lost my train of thought where I was going with that. But uh, <clears throat> the whole idea is um, we we are going to come together here for the next hour and talk through some of the common things that people are seeing. And uh, tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and click ahead here and get us started. I want to do a lot right at the top of this again to kind of center our hearts and our minds just a minute and um, take a pause, take a breath from the day. And uh, here's a little thought for the day. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Find that thing you can do today that uh, someday when all this is over, you can look back and said, man, that was a good thing. I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I 
you know, maybe, maybe it's reach out to a neighbor, reach out to a friend, uh, reach out to a colleague, something just, there's, there's a thousand options of what we can do for this. Um, there's also another thought that I found it's going to be hard, but hard doesn't mean it's impossible. So every person I talk to, regardless of age, gender, ethnicity, nobody's ever seen anything like this before. Nobody's ever had the exact same kind of experience that, that, that we're all dealing with right now. It's a, you know, as, as you guys all know, I'm not saying anything new to some people. What um, We got economic conditions. We got small businesses that are really getting whacked, and they're such a huge part of our overall economy. Um, we've got families that are dealing with um, proximity that they don't normally deal with. Um, shout out to all you young adults with uh, uh, small children at home, school-aged children. Doesn't really matter. I, a friend of mine I was talking to yesterday, he's got three teenagers at home that he's dealing with. <laughs> I don't know which is worse, under seven or over 13. I, I can only imagine what that, what that looks like. But uh, anyway, um, it is going to be hard, but it doesn't mean it's going to be impossible. Um, so here's what I want to do. I need to set a few ground rules for this thing as we have our discussions. I, I, I really don't want to turn this into a political talk at all. There's, that's a whole nother discussion, a whole nother forum. People can do that, and I don't want to do that here. I also want to ask people to please refrain from rumor sharing. Um, there's so much information to be absorbed and there's so much misinformation that's going on. And I've, uh, I think fairly successfully in my other circles, we, we've just kind of made a common bond that we don't want to perpetuate rumors. There, there's just, there's a lot of brain power and, and emotional power that gets sucked out of us when we get spun up about something that's nothing um, so let's stay away from that during this hour, and I want this to be a safe zone. I, I want everybody to kind of agree that if we share something here, we'll, um, we're going to respect whatever somebody says, and uh, we're going um, to honor that, and the, the sharing is the power of this thing. So um, I've got, I'm getting some feedback from somebody. Uh, not sure who's got an open mic going on. I think we're okay now. Um, and I'm going to ask everybody to use your chat windows here on Zoom to share. Um, you can raise your hand over on the, um, what you ought to be able to see as a control panel. And uh, if you've got something you want to share as we get into a particular area, um, try to do that and get our attention. And uh, we are trying to stream live on Facebook. Although, quite honestly, I think Facebook must be overwhelmed. I've gotten a couple of messages recently on different things with them. And I see my little Facebook screen just sort of spinning right now. I'm not sure they're, they're getting us. Um, but if you're, if you're seeing something on Facebook that I'm not, um, please uh, use your chat capability there. I've got Susan, my wife, in the studio here. She's monitoring Facebook. She might be looking at a blank screen right now. I don't know. But um, if, if you've got a comment or something you want to share there, she's going to get it to me and we'll talk about it here. So let's um, first talk about some themes I'd like to cover today. Then I want to introduce the panel I've got. 
a theme that has has become very near and dear to my heart doing the, this thing is leadership delivers the calm. Uh, I coach leaders. I, I coach business leaders, and at all levels, uh, leaders are facing challenges like they've never seen before. And just because somebody's sitting in some sort of seat of power, it doesn't mean they're not struggling trying to figure out what a good answer is or the right answer is. And in fact, you might say if they've got the authority and responsibility, um, they might be struggling a little bit more than a lot of us. So, um, but at the end of the day, it, it's, it's a leader's responsibility to deliver calm. And when we talk about the word leadership, I think it, it gets confused by a lot of people. A lot of people immediately go to the idea, well, I don't carry a title. I don't own my company. I, I work for somebody. Um, but I really believe everybody's a leader in their own right. They're, they're a leader in their community. They're a leader in their family, maybe their church or synagogue, wherever they go. Um, you, we're all leaders. We, we all have responsibility to help guide and direct. And in times of crisis, the best thing we can guide and direct is a sense of calm. So we're going to talk about that in some more detail here. And another thing for, for the attendees that are joining me, um, if, if you're a business owner and you're really struggling and you're maybe, frankly, I'll, I'll be blunt, about to go under during this thing, I want to talk about the notion that you are not your job. In our economy, we have such a tendency to get wrapped up in the work we do, and it starts to take over our identity. And I saw this in spades. Uh, back in the last crisis in 2008, when I helped job seekers from, from the area here, uh, that was one of the big takeaways I got out of working with that. We, we hosted about 4,500 career transition people over a couple year period. And people were, the impact that losing their job made to people became a psychological and emotional thing because it was their identity. It, it, it was who they thought they were, and we are not our jobs, and we, we are here for a much greater purpose, and the more we can do to align with that purpose and recenter on that, um, the better, better off we'll be, and we're going to touch on that as we go here. And the last thing in my themes, uh, I've kind of said it already, we need each other. We, we need to rally together. We don't need to let this isolation take us over, and... Um, change our our view of the world we we need to find ways to open up share and talk with people so those are our three themes today it is going to be centered largely on small business but um i've got a panel assembled today and i want to introduce them and uh, talk about them a little bit this is in alphabetical order for no disrespect to anybody for their credentials. I've got a, a great group, I think. Jordan Caldwell, wave a hand there, Jordan. If, yeah, uh, He is a digital marketing guru. He works for GSM. That's the, the Gulf States Toyota people, their marketing uh, subsidiary. And um, they, they do a pretty darn good job of marketing. And, and Jordan and I have been sharing some thoughts and ideas for business owners. If you're, if you're still hanging on kind of by your thumbnails there, um, there's some things you can do on, in digital marketing to maybe keep 
your business out there, keep it viable. We'll, we have the availability to talk about some of that. Michelle, you want to wave a hand there? I, I think it's pretty obvious who Michelle might be. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michelle is a master trainer, health and fitness expert. Uh, I met Michelle, gosh, it's hard to believe it's probably four, five yeah. years ago almost. Mm -hmm. um, she was the lead coach at a gym I had uh, joined, and uh, Michelle was a, a life changer. Um, and she knows a whole lot about health and nutrition. And what I love about her, she is not one of these hypey marketing people in the health fitness world. She is a... Uh, she is just a gem of a person. She is a light. She's a child of God and um, just really is not ashamed of her faith and uh, just a great, great person to, to know. Uh, Wiley Parkman, Wiley, if you want to wave a hand, he's in the upper left corner there. Uh, he is a licensed professional counselor and a professor at Warden Junior College teaching psychology. So he has a few words about sort of the uh, psychological state we might find ourselves. Dr. David Partridge, MD and, and uh, DO. He, um, uh, David's a dear friend and uh, we actually go to church together and uh, he is uh, able to represent the medical community. If you got any questions about uh, that direction and lastly, but certainly not least, is my Silver Fox colleague, Joseph Tung of Tung Law Firm. Joseph's sole practice is uh, on for small business people. And Joseph, you've been a little bit busy lately, right? <laughs> Just a little, un poquito. Just a tiny uh, bit. He's, he's, he, he's been rocking it because, uh, let's see, the CARES Act was what, a, a, a light 1,800 pages? Um, and then uh, all the labor laws that have changed and the the impact those things have had. I know firsthand Joseph and I share um, the advisory seats on that round table I mentioned. And so he, he knows what I was talking about, that group that we've been dealing with. Now we've been meeting weekly. So um, that's the flavor of the kind of skill set and some expertise for all of you who are sitting in. If you've got questions that touch on any one of these areas, I've got these guys uh, together and ready to help out. So, uh, okay, we're going to kind of kick open the discussion. Maybe what we ought to do to kind of prime the pump is uh, let me turn to my panelists here. And let's just, guys, if you could give me the top two or three things you're hearing people uh, worried about or, or dealing with in, in your spheres of influence. Uh, Michelle, let me, if I may, let me, let me go ladies first. Uh, you you kind of started as we were setting up here. You want to take off what you were saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so because I actually went, you know, I've been coaching people, strength and conditioning, mindset coaching, and all that for 12 years. And I actually left a small business in August to go remote and to build my platform. So what I'm experiencing right now or people in my realm with small businesses when it comes to gyms particularly is just like, if they don't have their um, one month of people paying, you know, in a small business, um, they're going to close down their doors. Right. Um, but from 
and so I'm not really in that realm right now because I stepped out in August and thank God, like, I felt like he was like kind of steering me towards that route to where my business is, is, is okay. Cause I've been working with people remotely. Right. Um, I've been probably just as busy as Joseph because, um, I don't know. I feel like I haven't worked this hard since, um, since, um, I left the gym that I left that I met you, Doug. And so, um, from a clientele perspective, I would say, or from, from my position, it's more of what do I do when my clients lose their job and how do I adjust going into that, you know, moving, like moving forward. But the, the things that I wanted to kind of discuss was as a leader, no matter like what business you're in from a health and uh, fitness perspective, like how do I stay grounded to be the, the leader that, that I need to be for my clients to just really work on retention and retaining them and almost being that support system, but still supporting my business. Yeah, I, I think that's a great word. And I also wanted, and one of the reasons I'm happy you could join us here, I, I want to be able to touch on this whole idea when we're we're dealing with this isolation idea, you know, maybe we're in a household of just one or two or three others, but uh, we can't go to the gym. We can't get out per se, like we, maybe the routine we had adopted. So I, I, I hope you can share with us a couple of quick tips on what somebody can do while they're locked down to, you know, keep the blood flowing, keep the energy levels sharp, uh, do all that and, and not succumb to the isolation that way. Absolutely. So some things that I really believe in is, especially as a leader, is um, like, think about anchoring your morning down. You know, I think with everything that is going on, if you wake up and the first thing you're doing is turning on the news or answering emails out of fear, you know what I mean? I think you're allowing fear to dictate uh, your perspective for the day. And so I really believe that in order to keep grounded you need to work on what grounds you and so think about like anchoring your morning and placing value on it no matter what is happening around you and so find a book for me personally it's the bible like get us you know get closer to something that's bigger than what is currently going on and as you know Doug I'm a big uh, faith follower and so grounding yourself in him and allow and just sit in quiet and to gain perspective from him I think will help you keep that throughout your day, no matter what's happening. Um, so you don't want your external situations to really adjust your perspective. So just stay, I, I call it stay grounded before you start grinding, right? Stay grounded before you start I grinding it. in that. I love it. Um, I also think um, one, as a leader, acknowledging with your clients, um, um, and to yourself that this isn't easy, like try not to stay numb to the idea that um, that this is all, it's all like a, a facade or you're almost ignoring it, right? Um, just the, how our personalities are built. Some of us are just gonna put our head in the sand and hoping that this all goes away or some of us are gonna go to the other side of things. Um, so that's something to remember too. And a different perspective on isolation versus solitude. We need as leaders to have solitude without complete isolation. So solitude and recharging our souls versus isolation, which can be damaging. Um, and also from a movement perspective, since I do teach, you know, about movement, 
is getting outside, whether it's your backyard, your neighborhood, whatever it is, and going on therapeutic walks if you have not been exercising. So movement is everything. Right now, your hydration is super key. Like with, you know, water, <laughs> that type of hydration, um, your nutrition is super key right now, um, keeping yep. your immune system up because that's what we need for our bodies to, you know what I mean, to stay healthy. But more importantly, I think your mind and body work together and you have to be feeding them the same way. So like movement is key. What you're watching and listening to is key. Your time with God is key. So like staying grounded, acknowledging the fear, right? And making sure that we are still making a decision despite the fear that is going on. So implementing those things throughout your day in a strategic manner for you, um, I think will help you um, in the bigger picture of expanding your business. And the last piece is always remember your why. Always remember your why of why you started your business in the first place. Keep that why posted up somewhere because before all this happened, you had a purpose of why your business is where it's at now. And I think keeping your eye on the purpose of your business is going to keep your, your kind of like emotions like level key. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And that may be a natural segue into you, Mr. Parkman. Um, put you on, you may have to click your microphone there, buddy. Um, yeah, so from a psychological standpoint, what are you hearing people talking about and what are two or three tips you can share? Uh, kind, of, kind of echoing the sentiment from Michelle, a lot of people, um, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, lack of control or, or uh, just this idea that control is gone. Um, just, and so kind of see that with panic buying toilet paper. Um, you know, when people become fearful, they take control of that, yeah. which they think that they can. Yeah. Um, and so those are the two big ones is fear and um, control, someone feeling abandoned, uh, so to speak as well. And so I think it, it, when people become fearful or when they feel abandoned, control becomes an issue, uh, our, uh, our kind of our view of reality starts to narrow. We don't start thinking as clearly. And so it's very important to be grounded in a foundation that is unmovable, uh, that you can go back to. I think it's very important from a faith-based perspective, uh, people uh, going back to scriptures, going back to, uh, I, you know, I, ideas that are um, more unmovable than, you know, because right now every, you know, minute by minute you, you work to follow Twitter or any updates, things are changing, you know, constantly. Right. And that really harms the ability to stay or feel like you're in control. And therefore we're going to make impulsive decisions, emotional reasoning. Um, you know, uh, there's a, there's really a lot of, of good grounding books that are somewhat faith-based, some not. Uh, M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled, for me is a very good grounding book when it comes just to, um, you know, getting back to just the core and, you know, and being in mental health. Um, you know, I wanted to read this quote real quick um, that uh, about mental health. It's really quick. Mental health is an ongoing process of dedication to reality at all costs. Well, our reality right now is not exactly the most, you know, happy um, and um, idealistic. 
but we must educate ourselves to, you know, focused on what that is and then what we can do about it. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot we can do. A lot of stuff is out of our control, but understanding that um, and then learning also what two of the big things I like to use in my counseling practice are significance and security. And when we try to seek out our significance in our job, essentially trying to find purpose in our job, and then it blows up in our face, well, we can feel like we're blowing up as well because our purpose, our significance has died. And it's the same thing if we try to seek security um, out of the people we love most and then they're not, we don't feel like they're returning it right then and there. We can feel like our security is completely gone. And so it's yeah. very important that we have something larger than us, kind of like Michelle just said, in order to maintain that significance and that security um, throughout these times where we feel like we have no control. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And, and, and that, it ties exactly into what I was saying. And, and again, reflecting 10, 12 years ago with the last crisis, as I met job seekers who um, for the first, literally for the first times in their life had lost a job, um, they, and there was an interesting sort of a data study that went with this. It was for the men, it was their identity that they had lost. And then Wiley, your word significance for the women, it was the security that they had lost because they saw a job as, as financial security. And, um, but both of those things are outside of individual purpose. And when we allow ourselves to get too wrapped up in the work and forget or, or begin losing sight of our purpose uh, to be on this world, in this world, um, th that's when, like you said, Wiley, when the things kind of blow up in your face, what are you going to do? You, if, if, if everything you believe you are and, and, and are about is now gone, what do you what are you going to do with that? Well, you've got to repurpose. You've got to reconnect with what that purpose may be and um, try to recenter. So um, just a quick side note, the, the bottom line to the work we were doing uh, 10 and 12 years ago, and by the way, I feel like I'm getting ready to launch into that work again. <laughs> uh, but um, we saw a lot of people that when they spent time to focus on personal purpose, they found a whole new direction mm -hmm. because what they discovered was the work they had been doing had been an evolutionary dimension of their life. They had taken a job a long time ago. They had started down a path and that work evolved. New opportunities came up, new you know, trans transfers, transitions, whatever, and they got on the train. And um, they found that when the journey was over, when the crash happened, the train had stopped and they were nowhere close to where they had wanted to be when, when they started out. So um, I convinced people, I said, well, now that the bottom has fallen, uh, why not take a new look at your purpose, uh, redefine it, reconnect get energized about it and pursue that path as your next step and your next move. And that's what people started doing. And, and I, I saw people doing 180s in the work they were doing. They, um, you know, they ended up going whole different directions and uh, it was a whole new, whole new uh, conclusion for them. So I, I, I feel that we're not far away from a lot of that needing to happen again in the, in the market and in the economy as um, 
people have already been let go of some places and other large companies are talking about massive cuts. Um, so um, let's, uh, let's move to Dr. Partridge here. David, can, can you give us your thoughts as a, as a professional in this space, maybe echoing a little bit of what Michelle touched on? What can we do to keep our immune system fired up and, and at, at its peak so we can avoid this stuff? Well, it's been an evolution, as you stated. I've been, I'm pretty much a data-oriented physician and just trying to understand and comprehend what the coronavirus really, really is. Uh, as I've noted, the coronavirus has been with mankind for a long time. It really wasn't identified specifically until about the early 1960s. And what's been so impressive to me is what an unusual time frame this is in our lifetimes because none of us have really ever experienced a pandemic. And it made me look back in man mankind's history, whether it's the bubonic plague, smallpox, or the great influenza pandemic in 1918. And I kept wondering, well, what really is the coronavirus? Because we're all cognizant that the coronavirus does cause the common cold. It is the etiology of the systemic acute respiratory syndrome that was so prevalent in 2003 and 2009. And when this entity came along, uh, I was looking at some Massachusetts of Institute or MIT data that you know, January 27th of this year, just before the national football championship with LSU, there were only five cases of COVID-19. So five cases today in the United States are 250,000 cases, according to the most recent data. So this coronavirus has really exploded as far as its infectivity. And it is indeed significantly more fatal than the influenza. All the numbers that you and I read is that influenza has a fatality rate of about 0.1%. And depending on which data you look at, the current coronavirus has a fatality rate of about 1.3% to Spain right now has the highest death rate or fatality rate of 6%. And this virus is very sophisticated as far as where it attacks in the lungs, how it enters our body and how it affects us because generally it just causes a backache, muscle aches, a bit of a headache, and its incubation period is about 14 days. So onset is rather mild, but of course it rapidly develops into potentially pneumonia. And that's why those folks out there who have the comorbid conditions, i.e. diabetes, obesity, COPD, asthma, any type of reactive airway disease, they're really going to be significantly affected and have a much more morbid case with the coronavirus. Also because of this, it's made me much more knowledgeable about our total hospital situation because here we are discussing leadership and businesses and you ask yourself, well, how do hospitals make money? Well, their big money maker are the elective surgeries. But of course, as we're aware, that's basically been shut down and now only the uh, not surgical cases that really are emergencies. For example, the car wrecks, uh, fractured 
bones and those types of areas, as well as we still have the ongoing heart attacks, ongoing strokes, the ongoing emergency appendectomies or gallbladder. So all of those still have to go along, along with coronavirus. And I really didn't comprehend, well, why is this coronavirus being called plus one? And it's called, be, being named that because we still have the usual illnesses that I just iterated, but now, oh, by the way, there's coronavirus. So the healthcare industry is really being stressed out to right now. And we're going to start seeing, even where we live in the Sugarland area, tents pop up in the uh, parking lots at Methodist Hospital of Sugarland. Uh, the stress on the healthcare personnel is really significant. They're working long hours, being stressed out. Some of them yeah, yeah. are being so wise that they're sending their families out to aunts, uncles, grandparents. And this disease is really overwhelming. And all we can do is do our best to protect ourselves, protect our families, protect our loved ones, take all the precautions that we're all being uh, told to do, whether it's the social distancing, washing our hands, being very careful when we go to the grocery stores, obtaining our medic medications, and just working together as a team and providing the support that we all need to prevent the isolation that's so prevalent that even while Mr. Parkman a while ago was mentioning about the uh, loneliness, the isolation that will lead to exacerbation of psychiatric illnesses, suicides, and other uh, mental diseases. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a valid point, and it, it is something that is in the mainstream news that um, we, we can be cognizant of. And, and that touches on why I think it's important that we do gather like this. We, we provide, as leaders, we provide forums for people to come together and have a voice, um, share their thoughts, share their ideas, know that other people are sensitive to it, know that other people are going through the same things and not let that isolationism take over because, um, uh, you know, that's a, that's a known and um, David, you talk about data driven, uh, you know, that's a known factor in the, in the prison systems. When prison prisoners get assigned solitary confinement there, that doesn't help them. They, they go deeper in the hole and um, we can't see people, you know, going like that. And that's why I think it's so important that we provide forums for uh, people to come together and talk and have a chat. So kind of kind of running through the time here pretty quick. Uh, Joseph, let's let's turn to you and, and shift back to the some of the business issues that you're uh, helping people with. You want to talk about your top two or three things? Sure. Um, I'll start with the, the easy stuff first. From a legal perspective, I think most people didn't think it would get to this point. Uh, there was a little bit of paranoia that still kind of exists with people thinking that there might be martial law or they're worried about the prisoners being released or they've been watching the movie Contagion and Outbreak too much and they're, they're, they're thinking we're all going to die. So there's that kind of stuff. And I kind of let them know that, the, you know, if, if the system fails, the legal system will fail too. And so the, the things that you have to worry about most presently are the ones that are still in place. And that includes things like, you know, first responders and military. Um, I'm trying to encourage people not to panic buy guns and other things and, and, and medical equipment and stuff like that. But from a legal perspective, it really is 
a fact that if, you, if you're healthy and you can stay home, if you can manage your business from home, great. And so most of the conversations I have after I calm people down is about how to keep their small business alive. And if they're in a situation where they can still run their business um, and they still have a chance to keep that small business alive, um, there's a couple steps that you and Doug, you, you and I have been talking with, with folks about. The first thing is obviously cash. Um, it, maximizing you, the, the, the length that your cash will go and, and minimizing um, the amount of accounts payables, um, your overhead. Unfortunately, we've had to let, let a lot of folks go. Um, being flexible with things like work schedules and, and accounts payable and yeah. trying to, to protect your accounts receivable as much as, much as possible. I think going forward, because the laws keep changing every day, um, they may enact a law and then they said, we're going to clarify it later and the clarifications come and they're, they're so confusing. Um, so I think a lot of the calls I have are not billable calls or more for support to help people walk through this understanding. If any lawyer tells you they know what's going on, they're, they're lying. Um, I've been practicing for 20 years. None of us know what this means. It keeps changing. We're, we're guessing just as much as you are. We have a little bit more experience, um, but a lot of times it's I'm not really sure how the federal government's going to enforce all this. I don't know how the federal government's going to um, distribute all these funds. Um, it, it looks like they're they're still conducting <laughs> drug raids on the high seas, as well as you know busting people with with um, inventories of hoarding materials. But I'm not really sure how they're going to control um, the disease itself, and I don't know how we're going to save all these businesses. So my my one and only recommendation that I give everybody is is what what Michelle and Dr. Partridge and Wiley have said already, and that is to, to take care of yourself and to be grounded and to care about those that, that are closest to you and everything else that's on TV and everything else that you can't control. It's entertaining, but that's as far as it should go. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, Joseph and I have, have been doing with the small businesses we, we share that we work with is uh, we've been encouraging people to kind of set their priorities in their business, look at, um, the really significant events, um, like for instance, and I can say this because I'm not an attorney, and uh, <laughs> but I am a fairly long season businessman. Um, morally and legally, you owe your rent, but if that's your biggest outgo, you need to be active in talking to your landlord about some kind of forbearance and and stalling that as best you can, and. Um, as Joseph has heard me say this before, um, not that I, I think ill of, of the law profession, I don't. I, I, I've had attorneys save my bacon more than once, but um, uh, th there is a reality in the world of law, and that is when there's something new, what you read the first time is never going to be the final impact because the courts start trying those cases and set the precedents for how the law is really administered. And that takes years. So a small business person that is somehow thinking the legal hammer is going to fall on me tomorrow if I don't do X, Y, and Z, that's just not true. And so that's a fear in and of itself that I hope you'll take off the table. Um, you can do some things proactively and accurately to uh, protect and defend yourself once the hammer begins to fall, but it is not going to fall tomorrow. You, you've got a lot of runway to work with. Um, so stop thinking like that. And um, 
begin the process of focusing on what you can do with your business and what you need to do today to keep it going. So if I can share one quick antidote, that was the advice I was giving to all of my clients. And my parents are also my clients. They live in Collin County, north of Dallas, and they run two Kumon franchises, uh, which are basically after-school learning places for, for small children. And they are set up to do distance learning. So the kids come to the facilities, pick up the worksheets and go home, and there's no interaction, there's social distancing. Um, Wednesday night, um, well, first, my father told me he didn't need any of my essential business letters that I've been giving me my clients. So that in case, you know, the police or the sheriff stop you, you can say, I'm going to essential business. My father said that Collin County had issued a everybody's essential business um, <laughs> order. And so he didn't need one. Well, then uh, Greg Abbott passed the uh, stay home order. And so Wednesday night, apparently, uh, the city of Murphy police went to every shopping center and posted letters and notices on every business that they deemed not essential, which included my parents' business. And so my father was, he was by himself running his, his business, um, but got a you know, knock on the door from the police and said, you need to shut down by midnight tonight or you will be fined $1,000. And unlike some of the big city jails, our jails are empty and we'd be happy to throw you in there for 180 days <laughs> if you don't close. Which, you know, I know, which just seems just insane to me. And so I spent the next four or five hours um, putting together different, at first I had to find an exemption under the 16 uh, Department of Homeland Security infrastructure. And ironically, I found one that fits my parents exactly. And it's to support K through 12 students for distance learning. So it, it fell into that category. We put a notice up that said we're close to the public, uh, but we're open to our current students for distance learning only to pick up worksheets. That's it. Um, a bunch of other legal verbiage. But the point I wanted to make was those instances are rare. It's very rare that you're going to have an immediate legal impact that's going to stop you from running your business. Those you should take care of. Anything that you can delay, again, I'm not encouraging you to break the law or anything like that, but the Texas Supreme Court has put a, a moratorium on evictions for residences. And the reason is because we're all under a stay-at-home order. And so we start evicting tenants is going to cause chaos. They haven't done it for commercial yet, but I, I suspect at some point they've already extended the statute of limitations for lawsuits. They're, they're basically trying to relieve any kind of pressure on the legal system because the legal system was slow to begin with. It's even slower now. And so unless it's the police, unless it's the police officers or constables or first responders at your door, it could probably wait. Thanks for letting me uh, interrupt, Doug. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And that's a great caveat to be aware of. Uh, to, to tell your business friends about. Um, looking at the time here, let's move on. Uh, Jordan, I ask you to kind of weigh in and help um, comment on some ideas and things businesses can do if they, if they are still rocking along. But um, I, I'm thinking of just the way Michelle described her business. She's shifted. There is more of an online um, opportunity there. What are some things people can do now to sort of maximize their effort in that arena? Definitely. Uh, thanks again for having me here, Doug. I appreciate it. So uh, just a little bit of background on me. So I handle paid search, paid display, paid Facebook for a lot of different automotive clients. And so with that kind of the keyword is paid there, there's actually a lot of ways that you can do things that don't actually cost you any money, especially if you are a business that's still going. So kind of like Michelle's business, for example. So we work with actually a lot of dealerships, um, automotive dealerships. And so on one hand, the sales departments are still open. So we're still trying to make sure our clients are, are still sending out their message through paid search and things like that. 
but for those businesses who are physically closed, so say for example, my, uh, my sister-in-law actually owns a clothing company. You know, one of the kind of discussions I've had with her is about her Google My Business. So I would definitely encourage everyone because this is a time where we need to make sure that we're, we're agile and we're nimble and that we're trying to think innovatively, especially knowing that people are at home, we, we physically may not be able to have our stores open, but maybe we can have some kind of online presence because as you'd imagine, and Doug was kind of alluding to this earlier, that kind of worked out nicely, is that Facebook is seeing record traffic numbers as you'd expect. Um, even people who are searching on their desktops, uh, we hear about how much mobile traffic gets, but actually desktops are seeing a lot more because so many more people are working from home. So that kind of behooves your, your Google My Business uh, listing because those typically show up on the desktop environment. So I would encourage you to be resourceful. Look into Google My Business as a first step. Um, any communication I've gotten from my partners at Google has always been check out your GMB, your Google My Business, ensure your messaging is, is sensitive to the time um, and it's relevant and you're providing services to people. So, yeah. Yeah. Good word. Good word there. Well, let me, I want to turn over to our panel of uh, attendees here. Does anyone um, have something they'd like to ask the panel or, or share? If you'll go to your, um, your Zoom control bar, just kind of scroll down and that should pop up for you. Um, raise your hand. There's a little uh, icon there for raise your hand. If you'll raise your hand, I'll turn your microphone on and you can jump in. Um, Adria, am I saying it right? Oops, got to get her unmuted. Adria, I see your hand up first, uh, but your microphone's not on. That's also on that toolbar if you're, I'm trying to unmute you, but you may still have it turned off on your end. Uh, Doug, she doesn't have a mic. Oh, okay. That's what it is. All right. Well, um, if you'll uh, use the chat box and send your question or comment over, that'd be great. Um, Gordon, Someone's you asking your... about Google My Business. Looks like. Oh, okay. Wiley, do you want to take that one? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I saw that question about Google My Business. Um, I'm happy to send some resources and some links, but basically it's, if you would imagine it, it's basically your, your um, business actually in a virtual environment. So if people are searching for a dealership, a restaurant, things like that, Google ranks you based on a lot of different factors, but one of them is what's your presence on Google My Business. So it's a way to capture people who are searching for whatever product or service that you're looking for, but it provides detailed information such as reviews, um, it provides hours and things like that. So as hours changes, changes for business that are essential, it's important to make sure that those are updated on your Google My Business because that might be the first thing people see. So um, I can get into that, but I want to be mindful of time, but that's just kind of go to google.com slash business. I think that's the URL. I'll send it out here in a second. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that is a great tool, and I've always, in, in using that for my own uh, work, I, um, I, I think of it as a virtual storefront. I mean, everything, if, if you were opening or already have a brick-and-mortar storefront, the things you do to open that, uh, you post hours, you advertise your location, all those kinds of things go into this Google My Business. It's it's the same sort of data that you're going to capture and uh, put in there. 
So um, that's very helpful. Any others? Uh, and thanks, guys, for reminding me. I didn't have my Q&A box open, That's, uh, <laughs> but I do now. Um, and I'm looking at the other attendee lines for any hands up. Oh, got somebody up. Ad Adria, Adria um, has a question about creating a Facebook audience. Um, if Jordan doesn't want to take this, I would. I can answer a little bit yeah, that. Because that's what I do. Um, so it, it's actually this is what you have to do. You have to be relentless <laughs> in creating a Facebook audience. But and the way that you can do that is by getting into different groups and honestly engaging. Um, in other groups. So you can just find groups and you add yourself to those groups and you start engaging there by putting posts to, and welcoming yourself in that. That's one way uh, that you can do it. Um, two is by adding, um, is by going in and adding a lot of different people and by being absolutely present on Facebook often. So posting your, your business, your support, like whatever it is that you are about or trying to do it's really about taking action and being very very mm -hmm. consistent people on online when it comes to whatever your product is they want consistency so if you are if you are trying to build an audience and you want to do a live video per se every Monday at 6 p.m. be there every Monday at 6 p.m. and that's how you start to slowly build um, your audience so you want to think of it as virtual networking so if you were doing going to networking like not online you would be going to networking groups and sitting in right so it's the same concept so that's why you have to go out and and search for groups that are going to be your niche that you're trying to search for jordan would you agree yeah i think that's definitely a great way to uh, approach that michelle i think it's funny because i love how you can i kind of took it as how do you create an audience within the facebook ads platform which oh. is another kind of whole set of like set of things but I, I love what you said michelle yeah cool. and I, i'm reading the chat from brian there brian thanks he says we've been adding covid19 updates to our clients websites it helps our clients stay in touch with their current and potential clients and make sure your website's kept up to date um and i i'm not an internet marketer but i play one on tv and um I, uh, I've done a lot uh, with, with it for my own business, and I, I can agree that keeping your website up to date, I think that's a key word right there. If you're a business that has been so busy and you haven't updated that in a while, now's a, a, a very important time to do that. And, you know, change that landing page to be sure your, your story of uh, how you can help your clients, be sure that story's loud and clear so that uh, people that might come looking for you uh, can, can find you there. Let's see. Um, all right. Thanks, Jordan, for posting that link on Facebook audiences. He, Jordan's just added a link to the chat on Facebook audiences. And we've also got the uh, Google the Business uh, link up there. So that's good. Uh, let me clip over Jim. Uh, I'm going to try to hand it to you. Jim, do you have um, a microphone where you are? You've got your hand up to talk. Can you hear me now? Oh, there you go. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you? Good, good. So uh, people that I've been 
working with, I've um, wor worked to express them um, to that there's key, three key focus areas that um, you know to be looking at and that I'm personally looking at. And my focus is on my current customer base and they come first and being human, not trying to sell or do business, but helping them walk through and talk about what's going on, how it's impacting and what do they um, see as uh, their specific goal strategy tactics that they need to be working on uh, today. And most of that's in a survival mode. Um, and pivot, uh, pivoted my marketing approach from uh, pursuing business uh, and my messaging and more expressing caring and compassion uh, and yeah. uh, what can be done out there. And, and, and the third area is in, in leadership and providing value wherever that you can and helping people. One of the areas that is growing up in the recruiting field, very uh, client-focused who was doing the hiring is what you've been talking about is now working with the people of what they can do and steps they can take uh, to encourage them to um, take the steps necessary to find where they can uh, apply themselves and, and, and work. Yeah. Um, one, of the, um, one of the other areas of leadership that I think is really important is um, is uh, inspiration and hope and working with these people in these areas that I'm talking about and focusing on, on the conversations with them of, uh, you know, their longer term plans that, you know, I'm not saying just write off 2020, but what are you looking at? What could you be doing right now so that 2021 you're prepared and ready to, to move forward at a quick rate? What are the things that you, you also mentioned is what have you been putting off that you're not working on right now that would be uh, a value and, and, and priority value for you into your future and, and having them work on their five-year plans, getting a clearer vision of where they want to be in their business and what it needs to look like. Yeah, good word, good word there. Hey, one big thing that has popped up here, my um, lovely wife in the studio with me, she reminded me, um, Let's touch real quickly on the small business loan topic. We, we haven't hit on that yet. And Joseph, you may be my best go-to guy, although I've got some information to share as well. But uh, Joseph, you want to tackle that one? Oh, yeah, trying to get wired back in here. All right, I'm good. Um, so a lot of this is borrowed from uh, Dick Hendy. He's uh, part of our Silver Fox Advisors group. He's got some some personal things that he's going through right now, so he can't be on this call, but he's got a bunch of tips. He works primarily with banks. And so for those of you that don't know, there's a, there's a CARES Act that was passed that basically also offers a lot of relief in the Small Business Administration. And there's three different kinds, at least three different kinds of loans and assistance. Um, this is separate from... Uh, unemployment benefits. This is just for small business owners. So the first is the, the PPP that everybody's going crazy about. It's the Paycheck Payroll Protection Program that basically offers um, loans to help you pay for your employees um, that are theoretically supposed to be forgiven. Again, the details aren't crystal clear yet. Um, the next one is the EIDL, which is, the, I think, the emergency 
incident disaster loan, and then there's a corresponding grant as well. Um, the loan, like the PPP, goes through, you apply online through the SBA link, and then it goes through bank. The grant is a $10,000 grant, doesn't have to be paid back. And there's another one, it's uh, for loan forgiveness for small businesses as well. Uh, when I find the link, I'm going to put it, post it in our chat room. I think most small business owners are aware of it. Everybody's been talking about it. It's been kind of on everybody's mind. They were supposed to go live and the banks were supposed to be ready today. Um, but surprise, surprise, they're not. So there's a lot of, I put in my application for the IDLE and the EIIG. Um, I don't have a big staff, so I didn't sign up for the PPP. But my understanding is every bank is doing it differently. And so for those of you that haven't gotten on it, no problem. There's still plenty of time. They're still trying to figure out um, how to do it. Obviously, a couple of things. One is we don't know how much money um, the federal government is actually going to have. They put a cap so far, I think, around $350 billion for the PPP. We also don't know um, how fast it's going to be. Um, if the relief right. to individuals is any indication, it may take weeks, maybe months before this money gets out. And obviously, we're not real clear on the interest rate or how we're supposed to pay it back. So just a couple caveats, but I think it's worth at least getting the application and, and, and getting online to try to get some help. Yeah. I'm going to put that link on here too. Yeah. Well, they, they've got a lot of direction just on the SBA homepage, which is simply sba.gov. Um, they, they've, they've got um, information there that you can click off for those, those three. And um, it, it is, they're, they're, for those of you online listening, um, I'm a recovering banker, and uh, so I, I stay plugged into the banking community, and uh, I've done work with the FDIC before, and uh, a lot of people ask me, uh, David and I were even having a discussion this morning before we got mm -hmm. online about the, the whole banking system and things, and um, Joseph is right. I think adoption of this is going to be far tougher than just simply getting the bill and the appropriation passed out of out of Washington. Um, there's a lot of wheels that have to grind together. Um, the IRS is going to have to figure out how they're going to treat businesses who take the loans and then um, forego old loans and, and all those things because there's on one hand, there's code that already addresses things like that, and that code is going to have to be adjusted. Uh, but but all of that I'm talking is long term. There, there's it's going to take a while for the dust to settle on this and all the right answers. But the hope is, and at least the spirit in which all this is being publicized, is that Washington wants to get quick relief to small business whether it's your payroll protection or those $10,000 spot grants to kind of get your cart out of the ditch if, if, if it is there. Um, so it's, um, it's all good and it is a matter of how fast and how soon some of that's going to come together. I, uh, I know we're right on the top of the hour guys. Um, I'm certainly willing to hang around a little bit. Um, but if some of you have to drop, I respect that. Um, I will keep the mic open here. I, I do have a question apparently coming in from Gordon. Let me see if I can get him online. Gordon, are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, got you. Uh, I was just gonna chime in on the PPP. Um, 
Bank of America was on, I think, one of the programs this morning, I think it was CNBC, um, and they said they are now processing for people who have a lending relationship with them, who have borrowed money. They are processing applications from them. They are not processing from their customers who don't have a loan relationship with them. Um, I'm also hearing from Wells Fargo that they're not starting today. They don't understand the program well enough um, yet. Uh, that's what they're saying. Now, it may be that they just haven't gotten their, their ducks in a row because it's that they're, uh, um, well, I'm beginning to cross over into the rumor sharing, but the, uh, anyway, the fact is that they're not accepting anything yet. Um, my guess is that what Bank of America is doing is what all the banks will do is they'll take care of the people they've got a close lending relationship with first and then put everybody else at the behind that. Yeah. Well, and thank you for that. Um, I, I think it's probably not hard to understand that um, in the banking system to go to a bank and get a loan there, there's a whole lot of back office activity that has to happen. Systems have to be programmed for that loan type. And I'm not making excuses for the bank, but to have a uh, giant new program pushed on you, uh, there's a certain irony in that the large national banks are uh, restricted by the regulators themselves in how fast they can bring those things to market. So uh, some of that's going to have to be hammered through so that a bank can even turn on a, I call it a bucket to put the loan in once they put the loan on their books. So um, again, not making excuses for the banks, but it's just a yeoman's job to turn on a, a new product. Um, well, that's a good word. Think about it. If your business has a product or a service you're delivering, what does it take you to turn on, add a new product or, or a new service? Um, that's what a lot of the banks are facing now is how to take this, make it be viable, make it be accurately reportable, um, because they know that they are going to be obligated to keep keep tabs on what they're doing, how they're doing it. So it's, a, it, it's, it's definitely a growth pain. And I can imagine there's some bank IT guys that are wanting to blow their brains out right now, trying to get all this figured out. But, um, uh, and I shouldn't say those kind of things lightly, but uh, it, it, it's a big task. That's the point of it. So none of us should be surprised that uh, the timing of this is going to be much longer than what a lot of people hope for. But the heroes are going to get it done quickly and get it done well. So, and again, uh, our, our kickoff theme here was leadership. And, and I think leadership is going to have to prevail at, at all levels and in all size of organizations. Um, leaders are going to have to pull together and agree that there's uh, a big need and something to be done uh, out there in the world. And um, I, I think as long as that is happening, uh, I think people will, will be benefited by it. So I think we're going to uh, put a bow on this, guys, uh, to the panel. Thank you guys for jumping in and sharing everything. Uh, I am going to see how the respondent feedback is. We may be doing this again. I, I don't have a specific timeline, but uh, um, stay tuned. Keep 
uh, follow us on uh, social media. We'll have the announcements going back out if we do decide to do something like this again. I, uh, I'm going to wrap up by saying I want to uh, remind everybody this is a great time to get recentered. Uh, I love what Michelle said. Start your day with some grounding. Uh, whatever your routine may be, spend a, a moment, invest that time to stay grounded, stay centered, stay focused on who and what you are and what your purpose in this world may be. And with that, you will have the power to get through this crisis. And more importantly, you can help others get through it too. That's what leaders do. And that's what we're here for. So, um, You've got contact information in the emails you've received for this webinar. I look forward to hearing from you again, and uh, I wish everybody a great day. And as I've started telling everybody, stay well. This has been Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. For more information, visit us on the web at DougThorpe.com.